O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord is one. Blessed be the name of the glory of His kingdom for ever and ever. Amen. Good morning, Mishpacha. Welcome to the Daily Audio Torah. I'm Laura Densmore, your host, and I'm so glad you're joining in with me today. Today is Tuesday, November 23rd. Journey with me through the entire Bible in one year, focusing on the biblical calendar, the Sabbath, the feasts, and the Torah reading cycle. We have many voices, interpretations, and points of view out there, but there is nothing like listening to the crystal clean, pure Word of God in your life. It is living water for your spirit, as it is written in Romans 10.17. So then, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. When we listen to the spoken Word of God, it is living and powerful, and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit and of joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Hebrews 4.12 The Word of God is alive, it is powerful, and it renews our mind and builds up our spirit. Are you being blessed by this ministry? Please consider supporting Daily Audio Torah. You can make a one-time or a recurring donation by going to dailyaudiotorah.com and then click on the Give pick on the navigation menu. You can then make a secure online donation there. Thank you for your prayers, and thank you for your support. Now let's continue our journey through the entire Bible in one year. This week we are reading from the Israel Bible for the Hebrew Scriptures, and from the King James for the Bread Hadashah. Today we continue the Torah portion, Vayashev, and it means, And he settled. Genesis 37, 23-26 When Joseph came up to his brothers, they stripped Joseph of his tunic, the ornamented tunic that he was wearing, and took him and cast him into the pit. The pit was empty. There was no water in it. Then they sat down to a meal. Looking up, they saw a caravan of Ishmaelites coming from Gilead, their camels bearing gum, balm, and ladanum to be taken to Egypt. Then Yehuda said to his brothers, What do we gain by killing our brother and covering up our blood? Come, let us sell him to the Ishmaelites, but let us not do away with him ourselves. After all, he is our brother, our own flesh. His brothers agreed. When Midianite traders passed by, they pulled Joseph up out of the pit. They sold Joseph for twenty pieces of silver, to the Ishmaelites, who brought Joseph to Egypt. When Reuben returned to the pit and saw that Joseph was not in the pit, he rent his clothes. Returning to his brothers, he said, The boy is gone. Now what am I to do? Then they took Joseph's tunic, slaughtered a goat, and dipped the tunic in the blood. They had the ornamented tunic taken to their father, and they said, We found this. Please examine it. Is it your son's tunic or not? 
He recognized it and said, My son's tunic. A savage beast devoured him. Joseph was torn by a beast. Jacob rent his clothes, put sackcloth on his loins, and observed mourning for his son many days. All his sons sought to comfort him, but he refused to be comforted, saying, No, I will go down mourning to my son in Sheol. Thus his father bewailed him. The Midianites, meanwhile, sold him in Egypt to Potiphar, a courtier of Pharaoh and his chief steward. Ezekiel 45.13-46.24 This is the contribution you shall make. One-sixth of an ephah from every homer of wheat and one-sixth of an ephah from every homer of barley. While the dew from the oil, the oil being measured by the bat, shall be one-tenth of a bat from every core. As ten batim make a homer, so ten batim make a homer. And the dew from the flock shall be one animal from every two hundred. All these shall be contributed from Israel's products for meal offerings, burnt offerings, and offerings of well-being, to make expiation for them, declares Hashem. In this contribution the entire population must join with the prince in Israel. But the burnt offerings, the meal offerings, and the libations on festivals, new moons, Shabbat, all fixed occasions of the house of Israel, shall be the obligation of the prince. He shall provide the sin offerings, the meal offerings, the burnt offerings, and the offerings of well-being to make expiation for the house of Israel. Thus said Hashem, On the first day of the first month you shall take a bull of the herd without blemish, and you shall cleanse the sanctuary. The Kohen shall take some of the blood of the sin offering and apply it to the doorposts of the temple, to the four corners of the ledge of the altar, and to the doorposts of the gate of the inner court. You shall do the same on the seventh day of the month to purge the temple from uncleanness caused by unwitting or ignorant persons. On the fourteenth day of the first month you shall have the Pesach sacrifice, and during a festival of seven days unleavened bread shall be eaten. On that day the prince shall provide a bull of sin offering on behalf of himself and of the entire population, and during the seven days of the festival he shall provide daily for seven days seven bulls and seven rams without blemish for a burnt offering to Hashem, and one goat daily for a sin offering. He shall provide a meal offering of an ephah for each bull and an ephah for each ram, with a hen of oil to every ephah. So too, during the festival of the seventh month for seven days from the fifteenth day on, he shall provide the same sin offerings, burnt offerings, meal offerings, and oil. Thus said Hashem, The gate of the inner court which faces east shall be closed on the six working days, it shall be opened on the Shabbat day, and it shall be opened on the day of the new moon. The prince shall enter by way of the vestibule outside the gate, and shall attend at the gate post while the Kohenim sacrifice his burnt offering and his offering of well-being. He shall then bow low at the threshold of the gate and depart. The gate, however, shall not be closed until evening. The common people shall worship before Hashem on Shabbat and new moons at the entrance of the same gate. The burnt offering which the prince presents to Hashem on the Shabbat day shall consist of six lambs without blemish and one ram without blemish. 
with a meal offering of an ephah for the ram, a meal offering of as much as he wishes for the lambs, and a hen of oil with every ephah. And on the day of the new moon it shall consist of a bull of the herd without blemish, and six lambs and a ram they shall be without blemish. And he shall provide a meal offering of an ephah for the bull, an ephah for the ram, and as much as he can afford for the lambs, with a hen of oil to every ephah. When the prince enters, he shall come in by way of the vestibule of the gate, and he shall go out the same way. But on the fixed occasions when the common people come before Hashem, whoever enters by the north gate to bow low shall leave by the south gate, and whoever enters by the south gate shall leave by the north gate. They shall not go back through the gate by which they came in, but shall go out by the opposite one. And as for the prince, he shall enter with them when they enter, and leave when they leave. On festivals and fixed occasions the meal offering shall be an ephah for each bull, an ephah for each ram, and as much as he wishes for the lambs, with a hen of oil for every ephah. The gate that faces east shall also be opened for the prince whenever he offers a freewill offering be it burnt offering or offering of well-being, freely offered to Hashem, so that he may offer his burnt offering or his offering of well-being, just as he does on the Shabbat day. Then he shall leave, and the gate shall be closed after he leaves. Each day you shall offer a lamb of the first year without blemish, as a daily burnt offering to Hashem. You shall offer one every morning, and every morning regularly you shall offer a meal offering with it a sixth of an ephah with a third of a hen of oil to moisten the choice flour, as a meal offering to Hashem, a law for all time. The lamb, the meal offering, and oil shall be presented every morning as a regular burnt offering. Thus said Hashem, If the prince makes a gift to any of his sons, it shall become the latter's inheritance. It shall pass on to his sons. It is their holding by inheritance. But if he makes a gift from his inheritance to any of his subjects, it shall only belong to the latter until the year of release. Then it shall revert to the prince. His inheritance must by all means pass on to his sons. But the prince shall not take property away from any of the people and rob them of their holdings. Only out of his own holdings shall he endow his sons, in order that my people may not be dispossessed of their holdings. Then he led me into the passage at the side of the gate to the sacred chambers of the Kohanim, which faced north, and there at the rear of it in the west I saw a space. He said to me, This is the place where the Kohanim shall boil the guilt offerings and the sin offerings, and where they shall bake the meal offerings so as not to take them into the outer court and make the people consecrated. Then he led me into the outer court and led me past the four corners of the court, and in each corner of the court there was an enclosure. These unroofed enclosures, long, forty a moat long and thirty wide, were in the four corners of the court. The four corner enclosures had the same measurements. On the inside, running round the four of them, there was a row of masonry equipped with hearths under the rows all around. He said to me, These are the kitchens where the temple servitors shall boil the sacrifices of the people. 1 Peter 1, 13-2-10 Wherefore, gird up the loins of your mind, be sober, and hope to the end of the grace that is to be brought to you at the revelation of Yeshua. 
As obedient children, not fashioning yourselves according to the former lusts in your ignorance, but as he which has called you is holy, so you be holy in all manner of conversation. Because it is written, Be holy, for I am holy. If you call on the Father, who without respect of persons judges according to every man's work, pass the time of your sojourning here in fear. For as much as you know that you were not redeemed with corruptible things as silver and gold, from your vain conversation received by tradition from your fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ, as of a lamb without blemish and without spot, who verily was foreordained before the foundation of the world, but was manifest in these last times for you, who by him do believe in God, that raised him up from the dead and gave him glory, that your faith and hope might be in God, seeing that you have purified your souls in obeying the truth through the Spirit unto unfeigned love of the brethren. See that you love one another with a pure heart, fervently. Being born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible, by the word of God, which lives and abides forever. For all flesh is as grass, and all the glory of man as the flower of grass. The grass withers, and the flower thereof falls away, but the word of the Lord endures forever. And this is the word which by the gospel is preached to you. Wherefore, laying aside all malice, and all guile, and hypocrisies, and envies, and all evil speakings, as newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word, that you may grow thereby. If so, be you have tasted that the Lord is gracious, to whom coming as unto a living stone, disallowed indeed of men, but chosen of God and precious. You also, as lively stones, are built up to a spiritual house, a holy priesthood, to offer up spiritual sacrifices, acceptable to God by Yeshua. Wherefore also it is contained in the scripture, Behold, I lay in Zion a chief cornerstone, elect, precious, and he that believes on him shall not be confounded. Unto you therefore which believe, he is precious. But unto them which be disobedient, the stone which the builders disallowed, the same is made the head of the corner. And a stone of stumbling, and a rock of offense, even to them which stumble at the word, being disobedient, whereunto also they were appointed. But you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people, that you should show forth the praises of him who has called you out of darkness into his marvelous light, which in times past were not a people, but are now the people of God, which had not obtained mercy, but now have obtained mercy. Psalm 119, 33-48 Teach me, O Lord, the way of your statutes, and I shall keep it unto the end. Give me understanding, and I shall keep your Torah. Yes, I shall observe it with my whole heart. Make me to go in the path of your commandments, for therein do I delight. Incline my heart unto your testimonies, and not to covetousness. Turn away my eyes from beholding vanity, and quicken me in your way. Establish your word to your servant, who is devoted to your fear. Turn away my reproach which I fear, for your judgments are good. Behold, I have longed after your precepts. Quicken me in your righteousness. 
Let your mercies come also unto me, O Lord, even your salvation according to your word. So shall I have wherewith to answer him that reproaches me, for I trust in your word, and take not the word of truth utterly out of my mouth, for I have hoped in your judgments. So shall I keep your Torah continually for ever and ever, and I will walk at liberty, for I seek your precepts. I will speak of your testimonies also before kings, and will not be ashamed, and I will delight myself in your commandments which I have loved. My hands also will I lift up unto your commandments which I have loved, and I will meditate in your statutes. Proverbs 28.11 The rich man is wise in his own conceit, but the poor has understanding searches him out. 4, 3, 2, 1. I'd like to speak to you today from our Torah portion, and then we're going to jump into 1 Peter chapters 1 and 2. And in this section of Genesis chapter 37, we see some very insightful things that happened with Joseph that really, Joseph is a shadow figure a remez hint pointing us to Yeshua. And there are many parallels between Joseph's life and Yeshua's life. And we're going to see that in the verses that we read today. So Reuben decides to tell the other brothers, let's not kill him, let's just cast him into that pit. And so then some Midianite traders come along and they take Joseph out of the pit and they sell him for 20 pieces of silver to the Ishmaelites. Yeshua was sold for 30 pieces of silver by Judas and he betrayed and was performed treachery against him. So there's one parallel right there. So then in verse 31, Genesis 37:31. Then they took Joseph's tunic and slaughtered a goat and dipped the tunic in blood. And we are told in the book of Revelation that when Yeshua returns and he's riding upon a white horse, that he's wearing a white robe that is dipped in blood. There's another parallel between the two. And so the brothers hated him. They were jealous of him. They wanted him to die. While Yeshua lived, the Pharisees, his Jewish religious leaders from within his own tribe, Judah, they were jealous of him, and they wanted him dead. They had murder in their hearts. So Joseph is sold to the Midianites, and then the Midianites sell him on into Egypt to Potiphar, and he becomes a slave in Potiphar's house. Also, the fact that Joseph was thrown in a pit, and he was in the pit for three days and three nights. Similarly, Yeshua was in the heart of the earth after he was crucified for three days and three nights, and then he resurrected from the dead. So we're seeing many parallels between Joseph's life and Yeshua's life. Now I want to jump into 1 Peter, chapter 2, and 
Let's look at verses 9 and 10. That you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people, that you should show forth the praises of him who has called you out of darkness into his marvelous light, which in time past were not a people, but are now the people of God, which had not obtained mercy, but now have obtained mercy. Now this is actually connected to some things that are spoken in the book of Hosea. And Hosea, that whole book, is particularly written to the northern kingdom, to the ten tribes of the north. Hosea is told by God to marry Gomer, and Gomer is an unfaithful wife, and she commits harlotry and is unfaithful to her husband. Nevertheless, Hosea is told by God to go ahead and marry Gomer, and Hosea then becomes a picture representing Yeshua, and Gomer represents the ten tribes of the north. The ten tribes of the north go into idolatry, which is basically spiritual adultery. So now they have three children, and the names of the three children are very prophetic. And so let's take a look at this. In Hosea chapter 1, we'll start in verse 2. When the Lord began to speak to Hosea, the Lord said to Hosea, Go take yourself a wife of harlotry and children of harlotry, for the land has committed great harlotry by departing from the Lord. So he went and took Gomer, the daughter of Diblam, and she conceived and bore him a son. And then the Lord said to him, Call his name Jezreel, for in a little while I will avenge the blood of Jezreel on the house of Jehu and bring an end to the kingdom of the house of Israel. So this is talking about the northern kingdom, the house of Israel, not the house of Judah. Verse 5, It shall come to pass in that day that I will break the bow of Israel in the valley of Jezreel. Verse 6, And she conceived again and bore a daughter, and then God said to him, Call her name Lo-Ruhamah, for I will no longer have mercy on the house of Israel, but I will utterly take them away. In other words, they're going to go into captivity. They're going to go into exile. And that's what does happen. Assyria comes in and conquers, and the ten tribes of the north are taken off to Assyria. Verse 7, Yet I will have mercy on the house of Judah, and will save them by the Lord their God, and will not save them by bow, nor by sword, or battle, by horses or horsemen. Now when she had weaned Lo-Ruhamah, she conceived and bore a son. And then God said, Call his name Lo-Ami, for you are not my people, and I will not be your God. So the names of these children are indicative of God's judgments that are coming down upon the house of Israel. But even though these judgments have come down upon the house of Israel, over time, God is going to show mercy, and God is going to take them back as his people, particularly as they repent. So, coming back into 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 10, which in time past were not a people, but now are the people of God, which had not obtained mercy, but now have obtained mercy. So this is connected to the pronouncements that were made in the book of Hosea.
And let's look at verse 10, Hosea chapter 1, verse 10. Yet the number of the children of Israel shall be as the sand of the sea, which cannot be measured or numbered, and it shall come to pass in the place where it was said to them, You are not my people. There it shall be said to them, You are sons of the living God. So going from you're not my people to now you're my sons. That's a complete reversal. Verse 11. Then the children of Judah, the southern kingdom, and the children of Israel, the northern kingdom, shall be gathered together and appoint for themselves one head, and they shall come up out of the land, for great will be the day of Jezreel. So, though these judgments were pronounced in the book of Hosea um, as the northern kingdom people, the ten tribes of the north, as they repent and as they return to the God of Israel and to his Torah by the power of the Holy Spirit, God reverses these curses and said, Now you are my people, and I will show you mercy, and I will call you sons and daughters of the living God. So there's that connection I wanted to show you from 1 Peter chapter 2.10, taking us back to Hosea. Have a blessed day, and we'll see you tomorrow. Shalom. The Aaronic Blessing from Numbers chapter 6, 24 to 26. Adonai bless you and keep you. Adonai make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. Adonai lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace.